0: Hey guys, Kyler back with Kyler Burrell's Unedited Podcast, episode number 46. Um, big, big slate today. Uh, obviously I'm going to go over, I haven't, I haven't talked about the Super Bowl much, I'm talking about the Super Bowl, uh, then we're going to get some combat sports headlines and discussions for boxing and MMA, what's next after UFC 271 and Hill uh, versus Walker, <clears throat> UFC Fight Night, sh- uh, Islam Mahachev versus Bobby Green, fan fight picks. A look ahead to UFC 272, which is a week from Saturday. Overrated, underrated, properly rated. Um, I went to a little thing you can do. You can random athletes and did one for NFL, NBA, MMA, football, or soccer, as well as soccer, um, football. So we got five in the NFL, five in the NBA, five in May, five in football. Um, then we're going to get into some soccer talk, a lot of soccer talk. I'm actually going to, we're going to go through some headlines and discussions. I'm also going to give my 10 best under 20 players in soccer today. And I'm going to give my Premier League starting 11 with backup. So creating a starting 11 for with all the all the Premier League teams out of then, I'll do I'll go the basic 4-3-3, goalkeeper, right back, left back, two center backs, three midfielders, try to do um you know, a more defensive one, a regular center mid, an attacking mid. Um, off the bench, we'll do two, and then we'll do a right wing, left wing striker, backup goalkeeper, backup uh, fullback, uh, backup center back, two backup mids, a backup winger, and a backup striker. Midfielders had to go with two more, two attacking mids on the bench, but we'll get to that. College basketball, I'm going to go through my uh, my seed rankings. Um Actually, I'm gonna adjust my seed rankings real quick. And in, in this, I'm watching the Duke game right now. I'm not going off of what has happened to go one. What is going to happen tonight? It is what have happened. It's what happened as of Tuesday. Yesterday is the um, the day we're going off of. Um, because I mean, stuff obviously could change for me, but we're trying to, you know. I'm not going to go off what happens tonight. I'm going off what happens right now. Uh, so, yeah, we'll do college basketball seed rankings. Then we're going to post all-star break predictions. I'm going to give four predictions of what I think happens in each conference. Then I'm going to give you my final top ten standings in each conference that I think will be. And then my NBA award predictions. Uh, who And not really predictions, who I would give the award to. Uh, to be honest, that's what we'll go off of. And then my first, my point f- oh, my 0.5 2022 NBA mock draft. Cannot wait to do this. Been waiting to do one of these. We're going to finally have it out. Let's talk NFL to start. Obviously, the Rams beat the Bengals in Super Bowl 56. Uh, Stafford threw a TD to Cooper Cup. With just over a minute left, take the lead. Um... Then Burrow gets heavy pressure from Aaron on 4th and 1. Has to a desperation pass. Falls incomplete. Cup with Super Bowl MVP. Uh, to be honest, game was... It wasn't what I it wasn't what I thought. I think if OBJ doesn't go down... I... Actually, we'll get into this. this is one of my first biggest takeaways. I think Rams would have won by two scores, meaning 10 or 14, if OBJ doesn't get hurt. In my honest opinion, I think that would have happened. I think it really hurt the Rams. Obviously, Higby wasn't there. Robert Woods hadn't been there. Now OBJ goes down. You really have one target. You know, you have Van Jefferson too, but let's be honest, you have one target that you would like to get the ball to. Um, so that was a that was a takeaway for me, as I thought the Rams would have won by a lot more if OBJ doesn't get hurt. Um, a big question coming out. Does this make Matthew Stafford a Hall of Famer? And it's, a, you know, it's always tough for me, to, and because I still think he has another five, six, seven, eight years left to play football. So it's tough for me to say, man. To see a Hall of Famer right now, right now is he a Hall of Famer. That's tough. It's really tough to say. Um, he is twelfth all time in passing. Um. Now is a Super Bowl, a game-winning drive, a huge moment. I'm actually going to say yes. I think Matthew Stafford is a Hall of Famer. As of right now, I'd consider Matthew Stafford a Hall of Famer. I would. So going forward, I mean, I, yeah, I think he is. At this moment, I'd put him in the Hall of Fame. Eli Manning's a Hall of Famer, right? A lot of people think he should be, or is he? I don't even know if he is. He might be now. Matthew Stafford should be a Hall of Famer then. Are Burrow and the Bengals the favorites to come out of the AFC next year? Yeah. Or, oh, yeah. No. Massively No. I can think of two huge reasons why. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, they'll be back. Mahomes is going to be back with a vengeance, pissed off at this loss, realizing that the Chiefs would have, I think the Chiefs would have handled the Rams. Um, Josh Allen's obviously going to come back. We don't know where guys are going to be next year. Will Rodgers be in Denver? I would. Put, if Rodgers in Denver, I put them as a favorite over Cincinnati. Lamar's coming back healthy. I think the Ravens are actually. I think the Ravens are right there with them. Who do the Steelers get at quarterback? You know? The Titans coming back. Derrick Henry, hopefully Derrick Henry healthy. Um, no, I would not. I'd probably I mean you got the Patriots too. Getting better. Patriots gonna be better. Chiefs and Bills might my one and two. Then all around there, you got you know, it really depends. I can't say the Steelers now, but okay, in one division you got the the Pats and the Bills, right? So let's take the Bills out. Let's actually just take the Bills and the Chiefs out because they're my one, two. So you got the Pats. You got the Ravens. If Baker's healthy, we got to figure out how good he is if he's healthy. But let's not consider them in there yet. So let's go. Pats, Bengals, Ravens, Titans. They've proved, proven to be consistent all year. I'm not going to put the Colts in there yet because I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. Um... And then the Chargers. And the Raiders right there. So yeah, I think they're at most third. You could argue fourth. I would I'll put them third because they just got to the Super Bowl. I'll put them third. But they're not over the Bills and the Chiefs for me. Are the Rams the favorites to win the Super Bowl again? I'm gonna say no, they wouldn't be my favorites. I would put them at third. Actually, you know what? No, I wouldn't put them. I put them at fourth. I would still go Chiefs one, Bills two, Packers three, then the Rams four. If Rodgers returns. But hell, really, wherever Rodgers goes, he might they might be third. If it's the Steelers. Denver, they got to prove it to me. They're young at the skill position. He goes to the Steelers, though, or the Colts. Yeah. So, biggest takeaways we've got an OBJ. The Bengals O line is maybe the worst in Super Bowl history. Yeah, I can't think of an O line that was as bad as theirs that played in the Super Bowl. They were bad. Matthew Stafford is elite. And Joe Burrow will no doubt, in my opinion, get back to the Super Bowl in his career. If not multiple. And the biggest takeaway for me is the Chiefs blew it. Twenty one three on that Bengals team. I think they're better than the Rams. this is the this one's gonna hurt Chiefs fans and Chiefs players for a long time. This is one they'll let slip away. One hundred percent they let this slip away. So let's get into my favorite, of course, combat sports, headlines and discussions. Let's start with boxing. Kelbrook TKOs Amir Khan in round six was going to be a knock, clean knockout. He was going to go unconscious if the ref didn't save Amir Khan. Kelbrook looked phenomenal. Oh, we don't know what's left of Kelbrook. Um, everyone thought this was a retirement fight for both guys. They should both ride off into the sunset. I think it's seven and five million. Seven for Amir Khan, five million for Kelbrook is so how much they made in this one. Um, you know, people talking about Kel Brook, Bug Crawford. Not too interested in that rematch. Bud Crawford smokes, in my opinion. But yeah. I think Amir Khan should retire. I think Kell Brook can give it a go. I think if you're Amir Khan and you're trying to come back, you're maybe looking for one of the big crossover fights. A Conor McGregor fight, potentially. That could sell. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens there. And then who will it be? Cambosis versus Loma or Cambosis versus Haney? I'm hearing that it's going to be loma most likely uh i actually would not pick cambosis in either fight i think he has a better chance probably i think haney is so good i think haney is just waiting for that opportunity to face an elite guy and he's going to show you yeah i'm i'm the best now do i think he i think it's him and gervonta in my honest opinion i think they're the best too in that weight class because i don't think Tia Fimo's coming back i think the weight cuts too much i don't think he comes back to that weight class so yeah, I think Haney and Gervonta are the best. I think Haney beats Loma or Cambosis or Ryan Garcia, quite frankly. Canelo nearing two-fight deal of the zone for $85 million. $42.5 million each fight would fight Dimitri Bivol for the 175-pound title on May 7th. Then would have a trilogy with Triple G later this year, assuming that Canelo and Triple G win their two fights this coming summer. Again, I just, you know, the Triple G... Canelo three doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me at this point. You know they waited so long. Um, I think Triple G should technically be the one that's. I think either won both fights or he definitely won one of them and the other one was a draw. I still have seen the, I've seen the first fight close to ten times. I've seen the second fight close to five. I can't find a way where I give Canelo either one of those fights. And and what the crazy thing is, the first fight I tried my hard to give him four rounds. I did night at nine three. The second fight, I want to say 7-5 Triple G, man. But I think I went 6-6 six, six at the end of the day and the last time I watched it. And I think that was just me trying to be generous to make it to where it's not two zero oh, Triple G. And I think Triple G's been robbed in this whole thing. I think it's just ridiculous. um, But yeah, uh, I hope Triple G gets it so he can have one more chance to maybe, to maybe put him away, maybe beat him. But I don't see Canelo losing to him. Now, the Triple G is 40. Fury versus Dillian White is a done deal for April 23rd in London. Yeah, uh, Dillian White's trainer saying this is a tougher fight for Tyson than Wilder. I don't understand how. I don't think Dillian White's boxing is that incredible either. And he does not have the power of Wilder. Fury's going to march forward, I think. And I think Fury puts him away before the end of five rounds, honestly. Uh, so, it's getting to make some UFC 271 recap. Israel Adesanya. Sanya... Beats Robert Whitaker via unanimous decision 48-47 on two cards and 4946 on one. I know I've been talking to a lot of people about it. What were my cards? I actually had it 48 47, Izzy. Um I thought rounds one and three were for sure Izzy's. I thought round five was for sure Rob's. I gave round four to Rob. I thought it was it was semi close. Round two was very close in my opinion. I gave it to Izzy. I did think I did think that Izzy won that round. So I had Izzy up 3 0 heading into the back two. Rob took both those in my opinion. Forty eight, forty seven is Rod. Is Sonia. Again, we're gonna get into what's next. But I, I thought it was it was kinda what I expected. Real tactical. No one's gonna take super crazy chances here to get a finish because they know how you know both guys are super dangerous. That's what I kinda thought was gonna happen, you know? So I did pick Izzy by knockout. I kind of thought that the rounds were, too, besides round one, round two and three were just closer, especially round two was real close. I thought what was going to happen was Izzy was going to be clearly outclassing him those first three rounds to where Rob would have to get desperate. But he he was there. He was in the fight. Even after three when I thought it was 3-0, he was in the fight, so he didn't have to get desperate because I'm I'm assuming that him his corner and him thought he won one of those uh, rounds that's like, all right, let's just close these last two rounds and we can take the title here. That wasn't the case on the judges' cards, or I didn't think so either. So, yeah, uh, that's why I predicted round four because I thought Izzy would be outclassing him. The first three, and Rob would get desperate, and Izzy would catch him coming in and knock him out, but obviously that didn't happen. Uh, Tied to of KOs, Derek Lewis. That was unreal. Um, big win for Tui. We'll see what they do next with him. I don't really have a good idea. Um... You know, I really didn't have a good idea for Derek Lewis or him. Um, we'll get to that in a minute, but impressive by Tuvasa. Uh he showed he can take a punch, one hundred percent. He took some bombs from Derek Lewis and he was hurt. Um, and he was able to deliver the big blows though also and finish off Derek Lewis. Jared Cannonier defeats Derek Brunson via round two KO. Yeah, I picked do we have I think I saw those fan fight picks. I think I I don't know what I picked. Okay, so I went can near um I went can near round Round one. My brother predicted right with can near round two. Um you know He got hurt bad at the end of round one. I was I was pulling for Kananir. I didn't care to see Brunson go rematch. I kind of wanted to see Izzy face some fresh blood, even though I think he easily beats Kananir. I wanted to see near get his chance. And Kananir looked real good in that second round after getting dropped. Man, he got dropped bad, and then you know he came back. He came back and looked really good in round two, hurt Brunson multiple times. Um, I was very impressed with how he came back and was able to get a finish after drop, being dropped really bad in round one. Um Bobby Green is actually going to step in to face Islam Mahachev on ten days' notice. Again, we'll get to fan fight picks on that here in a minute. Brian Ortega versus Yair Rodriguez is in the works. Great fight. Uh Dosanyos and Fazayev is moved to the co main event of UFC 272 on March 5th. al Covington. Stays a five rounder though. Interesting. Um Jamal Hill KOs Johnny Walker in round one. Put my dude out, man. Put him to sleep. Rough watching that for Johnny. Um, this Friday, Gegard Mousasi, forty eight seven and two defenses, Bellator middleweight title against Austin Vanderford, who's eleven and oh. Obviously, they call him Mister Van Zant. He's uh, dating Paige Van Zant. Mousasi coming off three wins, three straight wins over Leo to Machida via decision, Lima decision, and John Salter via round three TKO. Vanderford is coming off the best win of his career and a decision win over Fabian Edwards, which was a title eliminator. So that'll be good. That is a. Uh, Friday night on uh, Showtime. Bellator on Showtime. What's next after UFC 271 and Hill versus Walker? So Izzy versus Candier is easy to fight to make, so I got that one down. Um, Just makes the most sense. Um, Kanier hasn't fought him yet, and he's on a win streak. He got to do that one. Oh, Robert Whitaker... I would say either Vittori or Costa. I saw he said something today about Vittori's the next high, so I'd like to do that. I agree with that. Vittori Whitaker's a great one. Two of us, I, I threw in Stipe. If Jones doesn't fight, if John Jones doesn't come back to fight Stipe. I think two of us for Stipe for the interim title makes sense. You could do Curtis Blade's Chris Dacus winner. I'd like to think the UFC would try to keep Ty away from the wrestler at this point, but you never know. Volkov uh, versus, you know, Volkov could possibly happen if Volkov can get past Aspinall um for Derek Lewis I you know a fun one if Greg Hardy could get a KO finish over Spivak or if Spivaka beats Greg Hardy give him Lewis see what he's really got dome in there against the top 10 immediately top five I think there's no waiting around in the heavyweight division it's so lackluster Jamal Hill Volkan Ozdemir makes a ton of sense he's ranked eight I think that makes a ton of sense for Jamal Hill next somebody's going to sleep Johnny Walker, I said Ian Kutalaba if he stays a light heavyweight. If he goes to heavyweight, Ovin oh, St. Peru is a good matchup, I think. So let's quickly hit the fight night picks. The standings. As of right now, my cousin Christian in first, out 33 points. My brother Lucius at 31. Me at 27. My dad at 25. So big one for me and my dad. We need to start winning some. Yeah. Bosvidal Covington is the last one of this round. Can Christian get two wins? This would be his second win. He won the first one, of course, uh, by five points. He's got a two-gap lead on Lou right now, so we're gonna get to that. And this, there's two cards left. This card coming this Saturday, and the card after, and then we'll reset it all. So uh, it's not a good card. We only have four fights on this. We're tr- we're gonna try to do six, seven, eight fights on the next one. We have at least six picked right now. I'm probably I'm doing the, a look ahead, and I have the six for sure. Six, and we probably will throw one or two more in there just because. Why not? It's the last one in go off the bang. Um, so lightweight bout Armin Tosharien against Joel Alvarez. Um 17 and 2 versus 19 2. Uh me and my cousin Christian picked Armin. Here let's put this like this. We can look at the odds. We picked Armin, who is a minus two fifty favorite. My dad uh, I picked Armin via round two TKO K- KO slash TKO. Christian went Armin via round two sub. Um, my brother picked Alvarez via decision. My dad picked Alvarez via round one KO, TKO. Armin is a minus 250 favorite. Alvarez plus 200 dog. And the next one the women's flyweight bout. Priscilla Chachuera 10-4 against Ji Yong Kim, who's 9-4-2. I was the only one that went Chacho She's actually an underdog in this. I went her via decision. They all three went with Kim via decision, who's a minus 175 favorite to Chachuares plus 145. Uh, Middleweight bout. Uh, Misha Sirkinov versus Wellington Thurman. Me and my dad went Surkinov via decision. Um, Christian went Thurman via round two KOTKO. My dad went, or my brother went Thurman via decision. Surkinov minus 120. Thurman plus 100 at the moment. And the main event... Big, big, big favorite is Islam Mahachev against Bobby King Green. I want Bobby to win badly. I hope I'm wrong, but I just don't see how he wins. Me and Christian went with Mahachev in round one via submission. My dad went Mahachev via round two submission. And Lou went Mahachev via round two KOTKO. He's a minus 900 favorite to Bobby Green's plus 525. Wowzer. That's a lot. That's a big, big, big favorite. Let's take a look ahead to UFC 272, which is a week from Saturday. Covington-Mazvidal, the grudge match of all grudge matches. Uh, The main event on the prelims is a banger. I mean, if Marina Rodriguez, she's 15-1-2. She's taking on Jan uh, Jayan, um, who's 13-2, coming off two straight losses, I believe um marina Rodriguez guys win she's next in line for the title after rose and carlos barza for sure that's going to be an unreal fight first fight of the main card spivak 13 and 3 sergey spivak versus greg hardy who needs a win here i think greg hardy gets cut with a loss back against the wall he needs a win welterweight bout kevin holland 21 and 7 making his welterweight debut against Cal- cowboy alex Oliveira, who's 22 11 and 1 should be nothing but fireworks and that one cannot wait Featherweight bout, another cracker. To me, this card is good if they had a really, really good co-main event. Dersonyos and Fazayev is not a co-main event to me. It's a main event of a fight night. That doesn't mean, though, it should be the co-main event of a main card. It should be middle of the card. But featherweight bout between Edson Barboza, who's 22-10 and 10, against undefeated prospect Bryce Mitchell, is 14 No, Cannot wait for this fight. We're going to get to the odds here. In a... Actually, you know what? We'll get to the odds as we go. Why not? So, Marin Rodriguez, minus 275. Uh, Jan Jayan, plus 222. Spivak, minus 220. Greg Hardy, plus 175. Holland, minus 240. Oliveira, plus 190. Uh, Edson Barboza, plus 125. To Bryce Mitchell's minus 150. And like I said, the co-main event, which is staying five rounds, Rafael Dos Anjos versus Rafael Fiziev, This is Fazayev's toughest test by far. This is kind of uh, Dos Anjos' start of being the gatekeeper if he loses. The bad thing. If he wins, I talked about it. Conor McGregor fight could be likely if he gets a win here. And honestly, even if he fights an unreal fight and loses a close decision, I think the Conor fight's there. Um, but it is Fazayev at minus 275. Dos Anjos plus 220. I mean, I'm going to have to lay a little bit on Dos Anjos. I think people are really, really, really over or underestimating the fact that this is by far Fazayev's toughest fight. And Rafael Dos Anjos fought the world's best forever. And the main event, Colby Covington minus 350, the Jorge is plus 265. You know how I think this fight's gonna go? Colby Covington via domination, but again, won't give the official picks till next week. Um okay, I love this card. I just wish, I wish there was a better co-main. Like, damn, if you could have done Diaz Poirier as the co-main event, five rounds on this card. Now that's a card. That is a card. I'm just I'm not okay with the signos for I being a co-main event on pay-per-view. Like I understand, they do this when Connor when there's a non-pay-per-view and it's usually Connor. They'll do this, but that's Connor selling two million buys. But this one, <laughs> it's gonna draw you in. You're wanting to see it. I cannot wait for Colby Covington, Hori Mazur on a week from Saturday. Overrated, underrated, properly rated. Let's get to the NFL. <coughs> Matt Stafford, underrated. He's underrated. He has been his whole career. He's severely underrated. Joe Burrow, properly rated. I don't think he's getting it. I mean, to me, he's around top five, five to seven range. He could maybe say four, five to seven range, and I think that's where most people have him, so I think he's properly, he's properly rated. OBJ, underrated now. I mean, he got was getting trashed in Cleveland. L. A. Saying They said that he was only making the move to L.A. because it's L.A. Well, you're wrong. He's definitely underrated. Patrick Mahomes. Well, if you have him, the best quarterback in the NFL, he's properly rated. If you have him, anything less, you're underrating him. I'm going to go with properly rated for me because I have him as the best quarterback. Kyler Murray. Dude, the playoffs, if not this playoff, was not good for him. I'm going to still say properly rated. I'm not going to say over or under, but I'm going to say... I would say he's closer to over than under, but I'm going to still go properly rated on Murray. NBA. James Harden. Properly rated. Still the best shooting guard in the NBA. As of right now, I know Devin Booker's right there. Still the top shooting guard in the NBA. Steph Curry. This might piss some people off. Overrated. Why is he still in the MVP conversation? He's had a very down, I mean. Joel Embiid, Jokic, right? Giannis, DeMar, Chris Paul, Devin Booker. I'd put them all over him. I would put them all over him. I still see him in the top three. How? I don't understand. I don't think so. John Moran I'd put over him. I'm going to go right now. I think he's slightly overrated. Being top three in the MVP discussion, he's not top three. He's right outside the top five. DeMar DeRozan. Severely underrated. I still don't even see him on some people's top five for a VP. Levine and Vucevic and Ball have all been gone. Who's been there? DeMar DeRozan. Donovan Mitchell. I like Donovan. I think he's a little overrated. I don't put him in the same class as Devin Booker or James Harden. Those two are the, in my opinion, probably the only superstar shooting guards. I say he's a little overrated. LaMelo Ball. Properly rated. People fall for the hype and want to say he's overrated. Averaging twenty-one seven and seven, I think he's properly rated. I wouldn't say over, and he might even be slightly under. MMA, Israel Abdesanya. Properly rated. Top top three pound for pound, top five pound for pound. Yeah, properly rated. He hasn't looked very exciting in some of his last fights. He's still winning though. Francis Ngannou, severely underrated. People almost forgot about Ngannou when Gon beat Lewis. Ngann Gon fought Lewis, and then he comes in there in a torn MCL and a busted up knee and beats him with wrestling. Severely underrated. Jorge Masvidal, Jesus, oh so overrated. It's unreal. Got on a very nice streak. He beat Till. Ben Askren, who in my opinion was not elite at that point in his career. Darren Till you could argue was the best out of the three. And then Nate Diaz. And Till was just coming off the loss to Woodley. Shouldn't have been cutting to 170. Okay. He's overrated. Usman beat the shit out of him twice. And now Covington's going to do the same. He's overrated, dude. I think he's, he's a journeyman. He's overrated. Him and Nate Diaz both. Aljamain Sterling. I think Aljamain is now becoming underrated because of the hate he's receiving. He is still one of the baddest motherfuckers in that division. He is still at the top of the top elite of the elite with TJ, with Sandhagen, with Jan, with Aldo. He is still up there, and he could beat any of them on any given day. Underrated. Marvin Vittori. Overrated. I don't know about... I don't know what it is with people about him. He can go shut me up if he beats Whitaker. I think Whitaker beats Vittori, though, fairly easily. You know? I think he's a little overrated. Football. Romelu Lukaku. Overrated. I didn't like when they brought him in. Brought him back. I think he's overrated. Mosala. Should be properly rated, but some people just still don't want to give Mohamed Salah the credit as the best footballer in the world today. Underrated is Mo Salah. Kareem Benzema, underrated as well. Benzema is still the guy. He is still that guy. Probably a top five, maybe top seven, but probably top five striker in this game. Score of the ball, Benzema does it well. Very well. Uh, Neymar, I think he gets underrated, man. Because of injuries, he's overrated. Why? When he plays, he's good. He's great. I think he's underrated. Raheem Sterling for Man City, overrated. I do think Raheem Sterling is overrated. That's just me. I I, I don't think he's. I think he gets. You know, I just don't think he's that special. Like he's very fast. I'm gonna say overrated though. Football time. Liverpool only three points off Man City. This is gonna be headlines and discussions first. Three points off Man City with a, um after Tottenham beat Man City and Liverpool beat Leeds 6-0 today. Got a title race. Here come the Reds. Xavi has Barca in fourth. They were 10th in La Liga when he took over. Has these kids believing? Has the, has this team believing? Barca going to finish top four. They'll be in Champions League next year. Uh, Neymar says he will play at least one season in the MLS before he retires. I will go to a game in Kansas City if he plays in the MLS. I love Neymar. Barca and Real will have bidding more for Holland. I thought Real was. So was Real trying to get Holland and Mbappe? I'm 2 four four two. We gonna run? Jesus, are they gonna play Mbappe? I guess you can play Mbappe on the wing, huh? You could do that. Inter very interested in Jonathan Davis with Lautaro Martinez likely on the move. Yeah, I think Lautaro Martinez is gonna be on the move this next summer because. I think Harry Kane's still going to move, and I know that uh, Tottenham said that they would love Latour Martinez as their replacement if they have if they lose Harry Kane. Uh, what if Barca or you know or even Real Madrid strike out on the big guys? Latour is right there as well. His age twenty four, he's unbelievable. I think a lot of teams would love to have Lautaro Martinez. PSG are ready to offer Mbappe the biggest contract in soccer history. I would hope so. I wouldn't want to lose him. I think he's going to leave though. So here are my, best, my 10 best under-20 players in soccer. At 1, I have Pedri, midfielder for FC Barcelona. His kid's unreal. Uh, the way he just controls the game, manipulates the game. in the midfield is so special at 19. He's unreal. And then uh, his teammate, winger from FC Barcelona, Ansu Fati, gave him the number 10. He's special. He's going to be unreal for them for years to come. Uh, number three is left-back at PSG, Nuno Mendes. He's unreal. This kid's the future at the left-back. He will be the best left-back in the world within the next three, four years. Number four, Jude Bellingham, midfielder from Borussia Dortmund. I have a feeling that Dortmund's going to lose the likes of Jude and Holland this coming summer. Somebody's going to pay for Jude. Big-time money. Uh, Five, Bukayo Saka. Uh, winger for Arsenal, unreal player as well for Arsenal. Uh nineteen to be that good at a Premier League club is special. Uh, Giovanni Reyna, midfield attacking midfielder for Borussia Dortmund. He's gonna have to step up huge for them next year. You know he's been, he's been injured a lot this year. I think he remains at Dortmund another year for sure. He's gonna have to be huge for them because I think they lose Holland and Jubel and him. Seven Harvey Elliott winger from Liverpool. Harvey's unreal. Got an injury. He's come back. He's already played spectacular for us since coming back. Love Harvey Elliott eight Ryan Gravenberch midfielder at Ajax, he's gonna get grabbed up somewhere soon by a, by a big time club as well. Eduardo Camavinga already did midfielder from Real Madrid. He's gonna be special as he works his way onto the team as this Madrid team goes from their you know having their aging guys bounce. Camavinga will step in. Ten Curtis Jones midfielder from Liverpool. What I love about the Liverpool guys they already have unreal or an unreal amount of playing time at the highest level. At their age, Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott, future, future of Liverpool. So now my Premier League starting eleven can my soccer critiques tear me up for this? We'll see what they say. Goalkeeper. David de Gea. At Man City. Or Man United, my fault. He, he's. If they don't have De Gea, they do have Dean Henderson. De Gea is world-class still. they don't have De Gea, they're not in the top four. It's like the same thing with Ronaldo and all the goals he scored for them earlier. Let's say Ronaldo's not there and they don't get those goals. Man probably sitting in 8th or ninth without Ronaldo. I think they're still out of the top four, even with Ronaldo and and no De Gea. If they have Ronaldo and no De Gea, I think they're 6th, 7th. At right back, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Best right back in the world, Liverpool. My two center backs... One from Man City, Ruben Diaz. And one from Liverpool, Virgil van Dijk. And my left back is João Cancelo at Man City. So it's an all-Man City, Liverpool back line. Midfielder, N'Golo Conte, Chelsea. I mean, midfield should be... Actually, I don't think midfield is easy as people think. Because I have N'Golo Conte. Then I have Kevin De Bruyne from Manchester City. I do... For right now, I do not have Bruno Fernandes. I have Bernardo Silva at Man City. And is my attacking midfielder. And my starting 11. At right wing... Mo Salah, easily. Left wing. I think a lot of people have Sadio Mane. I would have Hume Sung from Tottenham. He'd be mine. And then I'd have Cristiano Ronaldo as my striker. I think a lot of people would have that foot. They'd have Mane at left wing and Harry King at striker. Uh backup goalkeeper, Allison for Liverpool. He's he's so class. Uh backup uh fullback, Andrew Robertson, or yeah, Andrew Robertson, Liverpool. Backup center back, easily Thiago Silva from Chelsea. Unbelievable he still is. Uh backup midfielders. Both attacking Phil Foden from Man City and Bruno Fernandez from Man U. Backup winger, Sadio Mane, and backup striker Harry Kane. So let's get in to my seed rankings. Okay. Um so I'm gonna do my seed rankings and then I'm gonna do my my top four for who I would pick. As my top six final four contenders. So it may not be. You know, I may have a two seed over a team that is a one seed. Because remember, I'm I'm trying to predict who I think the one seeds are. These are my contenders, though. Who I would pick. Now, right now, it happens to be the top six teams the four one-seeds and the top two two two-seeds, but they may not be in the same order. My number one overall one-seed is Gonzaga. My number two, Purdue. My number three one-seed... Oh, no, my number two one-seed, Auburn. My number three one-seed, Purdue. Actually, no, 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 sorry, sorry. we got to mix up here. My number two one-seed is Purdue behind Gonzaga. My number three one-seed is Arizona. My number four one-seed is Auburn. For the twos, my number one two-seed, Kentucky... My number two, two two-seed, Kansas. My number three, two-seed, Duke, who's playing right now. I believe they're up on uh, Virginia. My number four, two-seed, Texas Tech. My number one, three-seed, Baylor. My number two, three-seed, Villanova. My number three, three three-seed, Illinois. My number four, three-seed, Providence. Fours, UCLA, Wisconsin, Houston, USC. What I wanted to do now, real fast... Let's look up Joe Lenardi's. Or well, let's look up the college basketball seats. What do they have it as? College. Uh, okay. So I don't know how correct this is. I do like looking at the, these guys, though. Uh, TeamRankings.com uh they do yeah they rank who they think the uh seed will be so they actually have Kansas as the second one um they have Arizona Auburn so they just don't have Purdue in there they have Purdue as the they project Kansas go 26 and 5 they also have KU losing to Baylor I'm guessing Okay, here we go. <laughs> here was the uh, the selection committee's first seed rankings. They had Gonzaga one, Auburn two, Arizona three, Kansas four. Those were the those were the one seeds. The two seeds were Baylor, Kentucky, Purdue, Duke. Then it was Villanova, Tech, Tennessee, Illinois, Wisconsin, UCLA, Providence, Texas. I did not have Texas in mind. Baylor has to gone down. I have Baylor as a a three. I don't think they're very good. But here are my top six Final Four contenders. Kentucky's still my number one pick. I think they're the best team. Um, I think they have they have shooting, they have size, they have good guard play, good big. I love Kentucky. Gonzaga is my number two. They're the best offense in college basketball. You know, dude, sometimes the more I watch Purdue, the more I don't like them. I don't know why. Okay, I'm gonna go with 5, 4, I'm going to go my number 1 is Kentucky, my number 2 is Gonzaga, my number 3 is actually going to be Kansas, I am going to choose Kansas, I know people are going to call it home cooking, that's fine, please do, their offense is so good, KU's offense is ridiculously good, defense worries me, definitely does, we're going to figure out a lot what I think about Kansas when they go down to Waco, uh, on Saturday, uh, Auburn four, Purdue five, Arizona six. I can't, I wanted to, th- I really honestly wanted to throw tech in there over Arizona. Arizona's 24 and two. I don't know though. Right now I'm going to have it at that. We'll have more college basketball talk as we get there. Uh, fee should be back soon. We're going to get him on. We're going to do a huge college basketball, NBA breakdown. Um, we'll get into our sleepers our one our uh, seed predictions, national player of the year, talk stuff like that. We'll get into all that when we get there. Um, So here we go, post-All-Star break prediction for each conference, four predictions in each conference, and then my final top ten standings and my awards. Post-All-Star break predictions. Here we go, for the East, I think Brooklyn stays uh, in the 7-8 spot, will play in the playing game. Uh, Chicago Bulls, I'm going to say they're going to finish as the one seed in the East. Uh, Joel Embiid and Harden will work. They will be the favorites to reach the finals. Hawks will end up as the nine or ten, but will win two playing games and make the playoffs. In the West, Grizzlies will catch the Warriors and take the two seed. I think the Jazz fall from the four to the six. The Lakers will fight their way to the eight and play the Wolves in the playing game for the seven, and the Pelicans will catch the Blazers and get in the play in as the ten. My top ten standings, my to, my, my final top ten standings in each conference, how I think they will end. Chicago one. Miami 2, Philly 3, Milwaukee 4, Cleveland 5, Boston 6, Brooklyn 7, Toronto 8, Atlanta 9, Charlotte 10. So I'm going to say I would have the Hawks beating the Hornets, and then I think they'll eliminate the Raptors and be the 8 seed, and the Hawks will play the Bulls. And then you'll get you'll get Philly and Boston, you'll get Miami and Brooklyn, and then you'll get Milwaukee and the Cavs. In the West, Suns 1, Grizzlies 2, Warriors 3, Mavs 4, Jazz 5, I mean Nuggets 5, Jazz 6, Wolves 7, Lakers 8, Clippers 9, Pelicans 10. I think the Lakers beat the Wolves and get the 7, and I think the Clippers end up beating the Pelicans and the Wolves and get the 8. So you get Suns Clippers, Grizzlies Lakers, Warriors Jazz, Mavericks Nuggets in round 1. And my NBA award predictions, Joel Embiid will be the MVP. I think Evan Mobley slash Jared Allen will be defense player of the year. Evan Mobley will be rookie of the year. I'm just giving my predictions, what I think, not what I would do. We'll do that later on. Sixth man of the year will be Tyler Hero. Most improved will be John Morant. And coach of the year should be, should be, and will be, better be, JB Bickerstaff for the Cavs. Here we go, mock draft time. Cleared up a lot of good stuff. It was good. We have had a good, good run there. Rock chalk beat the shit at KU last night. I mean K State last night. So here you go. First pick, I get the Orlando Magic taking Jabari Smith, the Ford out of Auburn. Can probably play the three, the four, the five. 6'10, six, 6'11. Six, I love his game. Magic need this type of player. They have a lot of guards. Go get a Ford. Uh, two, give K to big man, Chet Holmgren. That's who the Pistons take it to is Chet. The Rockets at three. God, anybody. Best available. That's Paulo Bancaro. Um, Oklahoma City, they take Bancaro's teammate, A.J. Griffin, love his game, 3 and D guy. I think he's got to work more on being creative off the dribble, but I think he'll get there. Uh, Pacers, again, I think they're going to go total rebuild. Um, I think Brogdon gets traded in the offseason, so they go Jaden Hart, Jaden Ivey, the point guard out of Purdue. Kings, well, you did trade a shooting guard. I would draft Johnny Davis then. Out of Wisconsin, kid's a stud. He as could possibly go top three. Portland, rebuild. I think Nurkic walks. Jalen Duran, center out of Memphis. Go get him. Uh, Shaden Sharp, we're not sure if he's going to play or not. Doesn't sound like it, but I think he still might enter the draft. And <coughs> A lot of people do, I guess. I'm going to go Shaden Sharp at eight to the pay, to the Spurs. Knicks, Jaden Hardy out of the G League Ignite. I think they take him there. And then the Blazers, you got your center? Get your power forward. Keegan Murray from Iowa. You get Keegan Murray, Murray and Duran. That's great. Uh, Grizzlies. I have them picking Benedict Matherin, the wing, out of Arizona. Good fit. He can shoot it, create for himself, play defense, athletic. Uh, Wizards. Would love probably to get a point guard. six six point guard Dyson Daniels out of the G League tonight. Unreal. Unreal playmaker. Great pick for them. Ochai Baji, the wing, out of uh, Kansas, headed to... Uh, Atlanta, who I think is going to look to unload Bogdanovich. And Danilo Gallinari, for, they need a wing, I think. Ocha Abadji makes a ton of sense. Hornets, I think Hayward gets traded after this year. They pick Patrick Baldwin, the small forward out of Milwaukee. Uh, Thunder, again, you know how they, they love going prospects and guys they can build on. Nikola Jovic, 6'10", can play the three and the four. They take him at 15. At 16, the Rockets get a point guard a True one. they're running you know, running Kevin Porter there now. They get a true point guard in Ty Ty Washington here at 16. Uh, Wolves get Kendall Brown. Can play the four as well if you go small ball four. He's six, eight long. I love this pick. Small forward out of Baylor. Spurs go get a center. Walker, Walker Kessler, the center out of Auburn. Great. Best shot blocker in basketball. Um, he'd be a great center for them to have. Um, Spurs go back to back. Then they take uh, Marjan Bouchkamp. So they've taken... Where did they take? They took Shaden Sharp, the shooting guard. Then they took a center. Now they're taking uh, Marjon Buschamp. Shaden Sharp can also play the point. Buschamp, 6-7, can play the two and the three. Spurs loaded with picks. Not the only team, though. Portland obviously has two. I think they actually Portland ends up having three, right? No, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City does have three. We've already heard two of them. And Memphis has three. Uh, Denver Nuggets take Trevor Keels, the wing, out of uh, Duke. I think he just fits their style. Light it up. Get up and down. They love to get up and down for sure. And then Dallas, traded with How we go get an athletic defensive center? Mark Williams out of Duke. Uh, Milwaukee. I always say Milwaukee, you take the best player available. Drew has shown has shown to have some injury concerns. J.D. Davidson, the point guard out of Alabama. Pacers, again, rebound, a rebuild. I think T.J. Warren could be gone. So Tari Eason out of LSU makes a ton of sense. Brooklyn, again, I think you go – Brooklyn, they would look for, like, a veteran play-now guy. E.J. Liddell, power forward out of Ohio State. I think he's a guy. You could play him as a small ball five 5'2". He does it in college. This would be a perfect fit. Um, again, you know, Memphis, with these picks, are luxuries. I think they would look to guys that they can build up in the G League. They took, uh, they t- they took Matherin, who I think they could play right away. But these next two, you're probably going to mold these guys. Uh, Gene Montero out of the G League. Uh, love him a lot 62 point guard think you can mold him in the G League. Miami gets Kendi Chandler, the point guard from Tennessee. Uh Chicago gets Wendell Moore Jr., uh shoot uh wing from Duke at 27. Grizzlies here's their third pick Max Christie, uh 65 shooting guard out of Michigan State. I think that he's another guy you can mold. And they just have, I do I think they'll have all these picks probably not. They'll probably try to put something together to maybe get a really good veteran in there. Uh, Warriors always say they look for upside or best player available. Caleb Houston out of Michigan makes a ton of sense. And then for OKC, Derek Favors, probably not your long-term solution. You've already drafted you drafted Griffin, Jovic. Now you go and get Ismail Kamangetti, center. I cannot remember where he's from, to be honest. I don't know if he's in the G League or where he's from, but long. 6'11", I believe 7'4", 7'5", wingspan. They need a center, and that's where they go there at 30. So there's my first mock draft. Love doing the mocks. NFL will be back next week. Their mock draft will be back next week. No worries, people. But, yeah, that'll do it. Um, Thank you guys for listening. Uh, We'll be back next week with a full breakdown of Masvidal Covington and what happened in college basketball over the weekend. Um, Some more NBA talk as it gets back in swing two tomorrow. We'll see you then. Peace, guys.